our places, our people. These are our stories. Well, welcome to our podcast series here on the Listener App through Downs and Surrounds. It's our stories. And these are the stories of the iconic businesses in our region that have such wonderful history that... Even if you've been around for a while, you may not be aware of. And one such business has been providing us with that beautiful locally made soft drinks for more than a century. We're talking, of course, about Crow's Nest Soft Drinks. And joining me is Murray from Crow's Nest Soft Drinks to tell us a bit about this business who turns 120 this year. G'day, Murray. G'day, Lee. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. A 120 years of operation. I mean, it just proves that you've obviously been doing something right over the years because you don't stick around for that long if you're not. Well, I haven't been around for that long, Lee, but um, we're, we're the tenth owners of the business. We've right. had it. We've had it for eight years. Um, there's uh, there's a lot of history there, and a lot of it we don't know because people have died and passed on with their memories. Yeah. Um, what what we do know is that it was established in 1903 by the McGuckin family. And uh, it's endured a couple of world wars, a few recessions. And uh, eight years ago, we, uh, my, my business partner at the time and I stumbled across it. Uh, we were both looking for something. We'd been in business before. Um, and we had a bit of a look at it. It was on its knees. Uh, yeah. The previous owner had uh, decided that uh, it, it wasn't going to uh, make any more money. He had other financial commitments. And he decided he was going to wind it up. And he was already in the process of selling off all the stock. Wow. So uh, we, we did the numbers and we thought, well, if we can pay ourselves a, a living wage and make a small profit after 12 months, it might be worth a, worth, a, worth a try. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. And eight years later, we're still here. Thank goodness for that. 1903, when it, when it started, it was originally Crow's Nest Cordials. Yeah, we have two business names. Yeah. Uh, the the one that we use uh, all the time is Crow's Nest Soft Drinks. Yes. But a lot of these uh, small soft drink businesses started as Cordial Works. So they used to call themselves Cordial Works. And then the fad, if you like, around about the turn of uh, the uh, 19th to the 20th century was uh, aerated drinks. Okay. So, uh, and obviously that took off as is evidenced by the supermarket aisles these days. Yeah. So, uh, cordial makers back in the fifties, there was most likely, I don't know the exact number, but over a thousand independent soft drink or cordial makers, uh, in Australia. Yes. Mostly small businesses, um, through a period of the eighties and nineties, the, 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 uh, the multinationals and the major supermarket chains, uh, started to dominate the industry and a lot of those small businesses are gone. Uh, everybody, uh, that I talk to who's grown up in that era, uh, in a small country town, anywhere in Australia can remember their local soft drink maker. Absolutely. And I can remember crystal soft drinks from where I come from the Southwest of Sydney mm-hmm. and, uh, and they used to deliver them in, uh, in wooden crates when Correct. I was a little kid. Yep. Was that something that, that Crow's Nest soft drinks would have done back in the day? Would they have been involved in that, the, the, the old soft drink cart or the old soft drink truck going around and, and delivering, uh, the, uh, the crates of soft drinks? Yeah. Back in, back in those days, uh, they were very local 
monopolised businesses. Yep. And uh, so although I don't have any photos as such, but part of the business was uh, home delivery. Yes. And uh, and most of us who are our age can remember the old Rattler, the Tristrams or the McMahons or the McNamara's or the Orfords. McNamara's, yes. McNamara's, Toowoomba. Yes. Orford's Osborne's yes. was, an, was another local one. Uh, even Helladon Spa uh, produced a soft drink at one stage. Wow. So that was that was their normal um, uh, mode of operation was to do home delivery. So a little bit like the milk guy, you'd leave your empty bottles out with some change. Yes. And if the local kids didn't thieve your money overnight, uh, the soft drink guy would come along and, and replace those bottles. It was very much the case, wasn't mm. it? Tell me about the recipe that you guys use and uh, in particular, when you purchased the name of Crow's Nest Soft Drink, did you get all of that material as well, the the original recipes, or are you using a, a modern version of those recipes? We're a little bit unclear. Uh, I did have a chance to interview uh, May Dukes uh, in the nursing home in Crow's Nest. Now, Dukes has had the business from about 1970, and they actually built the uh, the little building on the corner of Creek Street and the highway where we took over. Right. Uh, we've since moved. Um, and May, uh, she, she still had a fairly good mind, but she was well into her 80s. Yes. Uh, and she recalled some of the flavours that they made. Um, when we bought the business, in answer to your question, when we bought the business, we got all of the intellectual property, all yep. the branding, everything. It was like walk in, walk out. Yep. So uh, we've got some old uh, recipe books uh, in, um, in pounds and fluid ounces. Wow. So they, uh, well, the metric system came in 66. in the 60s. Yep. Uh, they may predate that, although I know in other food industries like the baking industry, uh, they still think 12 is 13. That's right. You know? Yep. Bakers uh, doesn't. <laughs> and, 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 a lot of, and a lot of recipes in the baking industry were still based on pounds and ounces. Right. So it's, it's unclear. What we do know is that some of our formulations, uh, we can still buy the original essences. So there's a, there's a major oh. company that sells us flavors. They're an Australia, they're, they're an international company. Uh, but, uh, all of our stuff is made here in Australia. Right. And if I know that six digit code, uh, there's a chance that I can get that made. Even if it's not, even if it's not available today as a off the shelf product. The only problem with that is over the years, uh, some of the flavors have been, uh, they've imposed uh, minimum order quantities on those flavours. So y- you would find yourself in a position where the manufacturer would say, well, we can supply that fa- that flavour. You'd have to buy 200 litres of this concentrate. Oh, wow. And that could be 10 years supply. Dear, S- dear. So there have been some substitutions over the years. There are certain flavours uh, like our double sars where we still buy the original essence. Wow. As far as we know. Yes. As far as our records can go back, that flavour number is still the same. Wow. And that's a, a real intrinsically Queensland drink. Because uh, as I say, I grew up in, in New South Wales. Yep. And uh, I, I, I didn't really know what SARS was until I came north of the border, right. uh, which I did 31 years ago. And everybody was like, oh, mate, you got to have that. you got to have the SARS. Don't just have, have a double SARS. Uh, yeah. you know, and I, I must admit, it's an acquired taste. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Queenslander uh, raised right here in Toowoomba. Yep. Um, 
I was never really exposed to SARS. Maybe it was because my dad didn't like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're all Queenslanders here, but it's definitely a Queensland thing. Sure is. Uh, I could send a pallet of SARS to Sydney. Uh, there's nothing against the law about that, but I'd be taking it back out of date. It just won't sell. They won't buy it. And typically, uh, t- typically uh, when we do... Uh, uh, when we have people in our shop from different parts of Australia, um, and if somebody says, "Oh, I can't stand that stuff. It, it tastes like cough medicine, or it, or it tastes like squash dance, or something," <laughs> uh, I go, "Ah, oh, you're blue," and, uh, and nine out of ten times they'll agree. Yes, uh, there is a story. Uh, now it has been repeated to me a few times over the years. At first, I took it with a grain of salt, but that is uh, the reason that. New South Wales people don't like SARS has got to do with uh, our colonial past. Now, recent events with the pandemic have showed us that we're still a bunch of colonies. <laughs> yes, and uh, very much. And so, the, so the story goes that uh, in in New South Wales, the uh, standard issue uh, health department cough mixture was aniseed flavoured. Yes, and in Queensland, the standard issue cough mixture was cherry flavoured. Now. They both taste awful, but somehow <laughs> it's stuck in, in New South Wales people's mind, especially people of our generation, yep. who can remember getting dosed this horrible, vile stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just turned them <laughs> off sarsaparilla and aniseed for life. So a typical- I can't even drink ouzo. <laughs> no, that's it. So a typical, a typical response will be, I can't stand that stuff. It tastes like cough mixture. Yep. And then we cottoned onto it and we started asking more questions. And some of the older people have told us, on more than one occasion, that that's the story. Well, there you go. I uh, yes, because my wife, Queenslander, born and bred up in the South Burnett, mm. loves the stuff. Both my kids born here in Toowoomba, and they love it too. Mm. Uh, so the three of them will sit around happily drinking this uh, this black liquid, which to me tastes of cough mixture, that, having been a, a, a born and bred New South Welshman. So there you go. <laughs> that's the story of SARS. That's incredible. How much do you know about that? Those very, as you say, a lot of the stories have, have gone. How much do you know about that very early days? The the early 1900s when this sort of first started because a lot of soft drink manufacturers and cordial makers so forth had been pharmacists and were scientists and they they, they made their blend uh, of those sort of things. What, what do we know about the, the original owners of Crow's Nest soft drinks? Uh, what, what we do know, uh, firstly, uh, cordial manufacturing and a little bit later on in the early 1900s or late 1800s, early 1900s, um, is a relatively simple process. So hence why even little towns like Gumbungee, Helladon, uh, Dolby had a couple, um, wow. Oakey, every, every little town. So uh, people who got on to the craze at the time had a relatively simple setup process. Yep. Uh, you needed a good, a good water supply uh, and you needed to uh, either generate your own carbon dioxide or buy it in bottle form. So uh, the other ingredients, uh, sugar, uh, sugar is the base ingredient of all traditional soft drinks, uh, sugar, water, uh, usually citric acid, uh, and, and that's a natural uh, product derived yes. from citrus fruit. Uh, and that's, uh, so, so a soft drink, all soft drinks are slightly acidic, uh, and that gives you the mouthfeel, that tingle on your tongue. Okay. So uh, it was a reasonably simple business to get into, uh, minimal equipment. Uh, a lot of the old bottling processes um, were one bottle at a time. Uh, 
Wow. So a hand fill. So you oh, would. And then hand cap, I'd assume too. Hand, yeah, hand oh. fill, hand cap. Oh, I've done that with beer and I wouldn't do that again. <laughs> hand, yeah, yeah. Hand wash, hand wash. Oh, so, wow. so all of the glass, uh, the, the biggest asset a, a soft drink business had in the old days was its glass. Yes. Uh, if you look at a single use bottle now, n- nobody reuses uh, bottles uh, in the industry. Uh, all of our bottles are purchased new and they've even got, uh, if you have a look at the bottom of your beer bottle or on the bottle of your soft drink bottle, you'll see, you'll see a part of the mold that says no refill. Okay. Yes. So, so, so back in the days they would, uh, they would reuse the bottles many times over. It was a much thicker glass. We've got a, Mm -hmm. we've got quite a collection of bottles out there in our store at Crow's Nest. And you can see evidence from years and years and years of going through bottling lines. So the the, the rub marks on the glass. Okay. Uh, but it's a very heavy it's a very heavy glass. And most of the businesses back in the day they had their own mould. So the glass maker it might have been ACI uh, back in the day. Uh, you could uh, you could use a standard mould. Yes. Uh, but then you could have your own personalised. Uh, imprint inserted in that mold, and that's right. that's what we call an embossed bottle. Yep. So we have a we have we have a collection of those from the McGuckins right through to when they gave up on the embossed bottles. Okay. So so moving forward to today, uh, what is the 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 number one soft drink for you guys there at Crow's Nest Soft Drink now? Sars. It's it's still SARS. I had a feeling you were going to say yeah, that, yeah. Uh, but it, it still is, eh? because that's one of those ones that I don't think the major companies have been able to replicate the 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 real, and this is what my wife tells me anyway, uh, that it, it's nothing like the ones that she remembers as a kid that she can get from Crow's Nest, uh, that she can get from still those those smaller manufacturers, yep. uh, as opposed to the, the majors. They just haven't been able to quite nail that one. Yeah. My wife grew up in a little country town called Miandara. Yes. And she went to high school in Tara. Yep. And, uh, and her mum, uh, her, her mum worked at the pub or the bowls club, uh, of an afternoon. So, so Tanya would go after school to hang out with her mum until she finished work. And the typical treat was the locally made sars. Yep bottle of sars and a packet of Red Seal chips. Brilliant. Well, have a look for Crow's Nest soft drinks online and there in Crow's Nest, an incredible, iconic business of our region uh, dating back to 1903, of course, celebrating 120 years this year. And uh, Murray, it's been fascinating talking about it. Thank you so much. And I'm so glad that we've got this much of the story down now uh, that'll be there for, for years to come. Uh, and thank you for what you and your uh, your business partners have been doing to, to keep that business alive over the last eight years. Just brilliant. Thanks, Lee.